G'day everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Double Jump Radio, DoubleJump.co's official podcast. I'm your host, Abir, and I'm joined by my co-host, Christian. Christian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, thanks. How's everything with you? Mate, I'm, I'm good. Just bracing for the uh, inevitable second wave here in Victoria. So yeah, that's been fun. Uh, it's just been something that's such a, such a hassle at the moment. Obviously, you know, the government's announced that they're going to roll back some of the restrictions that... Um, I don't know. If people, yeah, man. People just don't think when they do stuff. It's like, oh, we can go out again, and then they start exactly. like hosting parties and things <laughs> like that. It's oh, mate, oh, mate. I, I had a customer today saying that they had a birthday party on the weekend at their neighbor's. Sorry, had a birthday party and it was like twenty-five plus people just running around like crazy. So that that was uh, clearly they were listening to the instructions. Oh, it's just ridiculous what people do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how how's your week been, man? Have you have you been playing anything? Um, I actually just uh, renewed my PlayStation Plus subscription, so I got um nice. I've been getting back into Gran Turismo Sport. I've missed playing that online. I'm still I'm still terrible, but um, like I'm all right, but like I definitely like you know struggle to to get on the podium. I normally finish mm. like mid to back of the pack. Yeah, but it's it's still fun. Right, what, what what about you? What have you been What have you been playing this week? I've I've actually been playing um, the original Last of Us remastered on PS4. Um, yes, I know the Last of Us Part Two is the hip new thing, but I just opened up uh, my copy of the original game and started playing it with um and with my wife next to me watching. And I think it's it's been good so far. I can really see the the um the uncharted influence there like it's 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 so much like that did you get it to um uh so that you can prepare for playing the last of us part nope no? No, you, you just, you <laughs> i just have never played the original so i got my ps4 for my birthday back in 2017 and i bought this game then i have most of my ps4 games were bought in that year and i just haven't played them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can I can relate. I've got the Last of Us, um, the original, sitting up on my shelf, untouched. Yeah. Um, it's you, not, it's you not should play it, man. It's not still yeah. sealed, but it's just one of those games that it's just like um, I don't Did know. You, do you have I, the PS4 version or the original? Yeah, PS3? yeah, I've, I've, I've got the I've got the remastered PS4 version. I I didn't yeah. actually own a PlayStation Three. Yeah. Ah, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I remember. Um, Jake. Jake reviewing it for the original iteration of Double Jump, like pretty much, I think that was like the fastest review he's done. It was like a couple of days turnaround. It was pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, that that it's crazy that that game, the original game came out in 2012. So we're going on eight years for before the sequel. That's mm. that's a long time. Well, expectations certainly were high by fans, but um. The, the the Last of Us Part Two has definitely been a controversial one, to say the least. We'll be talking about that later on in the program. But uh, we'll start with um, the announcement from the South Australian government. There's some new... Yeah, some, some good news. Yeah, good some, news. some great news, actually. Like, we never really see yeah. um, the arts sector in, in, in from, from our, like, federal government anyway, kind of, like, pretend to... Even pretend to care about... Um, you know whether whether it's you know, support. The games industry or anything like that, but South Australia they've been yeah. they've been on the ball about this for a while. The um the government so what what, what is it? It's a hundred and eighty billion dollar um industry, obviously, and uh and South Australia wants to add a little bit extra a little bit extra funding so that um to entice maybe bringing in some international game studios and also to boost up the local kind of animation scene in terms of 3d animation and visual effects yeah because I, so, I, I, just, I just think like yeah. one of the biggest indie games of the past decade hollow knight that was made in adelaide um yeah and the the team behind that team cherry you know they, they've they're one of the bigger um indie companies in australia and so um we're gonna probably unearth the next the next team cherry i suppose with this yeah with this new grant that that'd be awesome man because uh the thing is like canada the uk parts of america they do really well in terms of drawing talent because the local governments subsidize the cost of staffing and 
and and through tax incentives and stuff like that so you get a lot of games coming out of you know um uh, countries like that like how like a lot of ea studios ubisoft studios independent games and stuff you know they're all based in like places like canada because the governments really do attract you know big studios there so i think it's a really good thing um that that it's a really good thing for the australian scene but also i'm really happy to see that um a government actually take pride in the talent that it has you know what i mean mm. i feel like we lose too much talent to overseas studios when we've got so much great talent here and to see government actually put its money where its mouth is and and support its local scene is excellent yeah definitely i know that there's been a couple of people who i've met from local studios mm. who have kind of gone overseas to further their career some of them are either in america or france or sweden or wherever you know they're working in bigger studios now um because the opportunities just aren't here um our our last major studio i think it was i think it was 2k were the last one to close down towards the start of last uh, yeah, decade bondi yeah 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 was it the, um, the one that was uh the worked on um on uh on L.A. Noir, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Team that Bondi. But then, uh, I think in 2016, I want to say, there was a slight um, change of plans, I suppose, to the uh, everything. There was a temporary... Um, uh, 2K opened up temporarily here to work on uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Um, yeah. So that was actually produ- yeah. uh, like produced by an Australian studio. Or developed, yeah, I, should, yeah. I should say. But... Um, being a yeah, 2k australia uh, yes b- being a remastering i guess of, yeah of sorts that was um you know the the template was right there all, all yeah because i think um because i think that team some of the people at that team actually worked on maybe one of the bioshocks yeah mistaken. yeah because uh, yeah. you know that was another 2k property and uh, and when exactly when, when 2k was actually still here full-time just shortly before they they pulled the mm. plug on the Australian scene. But yeah, like for the most yeah. part, Australian game development over the past 10 years has been, you know, personified by the indie studio. And there's been some great games, don't get me wrong, but do, do they have, a, like, the chances of them holding up on the world stage is like, they really have to work hard to get noticed. Um, yeah. We've got, yeah. we've had games like uh, Hollow Knight that I mentioned. Um, um what, what else has there been there's been a hand of fate uh there's been a couple of other ones that just off the well, top of my head got, like, like real racing series from fire monkeys yeah yeah of course um, uh, Melbourne, one, one so... of the premier uh racing games on mobiles five i've actually met some of the fire mm. monkeys team it's like they're, they're great yeah they're great yeah. they're great uh they're exactly great man and some of those folks are helping out with um with the frostbite engine so um because mm. i actually met at my work i actually met uh, someone whose brother works at um, EA at Fire Monkeys and now is helping out with the Frostbite engine. So uh, that's that's it's it's cool to see that um, like you know it, it's cool to see, but it's also depressing to see that like international organisations put more value in Australian talent than Australian organisations. But I think the government support is one way to make that become like the norm. Um, so I think there's only good to come from it. Yeah, and and I would like to I would like to see the same kind of um, uh, motivation from from our like from the Victorian government. I know that you know there's been a few uh, grants in recent times, but certainly yeah. not on the level that what South Australia is bringing up. I know that they the South put... Australia is like embraced like um, embraced like Tesla's battery technology and basically built that massive solar farm. So. You know, like South Australia is actually trying to move forward, mm. even though it's got a like a pretty bad reputation overall in Australia. Oh, but I think the, I the, the government's that. trying to. Oh, mate, yeah, South Australia. I mean, from South Australia is considered like the welfare state of Australia. They've got a lot of issues with uh, public housing and and a lot of crime and stuff for like that. But, um, and and especially speaking to people who are from South Australia, um, it's it's very different to how we live in it here in melbourne so it, it, it's funny how like technologically forward thinking they are yet a lot of the people who live there don't see that um it's it's it's, it's funny that dichotomy 
Oh, well, I mean, I, I've i never actually lived there. I can only speak on behalf of, like, what I kind of, like, see, but... Yeah, I mean, me too. May, may, maybe it's, like, an upbringing thing. I don't, I don't necessarily look down on, on South Australians. I, I, I think that's, a, you know, a bit up myself to do so, but, um... Yeah, yeah. just good, good, good on the South Australian government to... Yeah, supporting man. the gaming industry that's all maybe we've got to, to give see. them more credit than we do yeah but um in terms yeah. of you know the local gaming industry a big a big uh thing for them to in order for some of the local developers to get exposed is uh the indie, indie section at, at, at pax australia mm. and uh yeah man uh over the past week we've seen that uh pax australia 2020 will not be happening um, yeah. But good news for if you are enjoying this idea of online events. Uh, yeah. We're actually going to be having PAX Online this year um, online. Yeah, it's like a global. As, as it's a it's a global effort. Uh, yeah, because I think yeah. I think PAX West has been affected as well by it. So they're basically just yeah. going like, okay, well, we were meant to have PAX West. We we're meant to have PAX yeah. Australia. Why not just combine the two? So it's going to be yeah. running for nine days. It looks like from September twelfth. Yeah, 12th it's going to be nine day stream. September twelfth to the twentieth, and it it's probably going to be, um, you know, when it's our time, let's say. So you know, Australian time, ten a.m. to eleven p.m. or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's when the um Australian panels will be running, kind of thing, and and the show yeah. like indie showcases and. Uh, like gaming competitions and, and whatever yeah because um, obviously the um uh, a lot of people do go to pax to participate in like gaming competitions and uh yeah i'm assuming you esports know, for, competitions for, for things and like, showcases you know, and stuff things like ping um they're gonna want to play like you know australian tournaments and then uh tournaments yeah. in america and whatnot but it'll be really good to see how um how it functions especially the fact that it is free like i'm hoping there's no um uh, any kind of issues with uh, is it completely free it, it's it's saying it's free like there's no there's no passes or badges or anything like that um they, yeah. they, they, they're still going to be doing like all the merch and stuff like that because everybody loves those yeah. those packs pins um yeah yeah and i guess like um it, it's like any event you know i'm sure there'll be like sponsored events and like like sponsor messages and stuff and things like that but i, I think you know what i think it's 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 actually probably a boon for a lot of australian developers in particular because they could probably reach an international audience that normally wouldn't pay attention to the news coming out of pax australia yeah like i mean some of the some of the bigger australian indie teams will be able to have money th um you know teams like samurai punk or or team cherry as i mentioned you know they'll they'll have mm money because some of their games have been quite successful they'll have the funds to yeah. actually travel to pax west pax south pax wherever or even um, even the game developers conference and things like that yeah of course of course whatever whatever kind of convention yeah. we, we're talking about but um some of, especially some of the ones that are um you know teams of students for example i know that um yeah uh, swinburne does a lot of like they always have the mm -hmm. the swinburne what the what the um uh the the game developer students are working on so they have like their yeah. student projects and they have their own yeah little like, section like level squared i think um the the team at level squared i think won an award at the game awards a best student game a, a few years ago mm. so and that, that was from swinburne right here in melbourne so you know there is there is appetite around the world for australian games and i think this global exposure is is, is going to be an awesome opportunity yeah, uh, just it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like whether or not they are able to cater for um, people coming from America or whether or viewing mm. from America, I should say, not coming. But uh, yeah, mate, yeah, like it depends if, if, if our NBN can keep up. Oh, that, that that'll be the tricky <laughs> thing, I think. Um, who, who yeah. knows with that? Yeah. I'm expecting to, you know, I I might I'll probably be like in the middle of watching a um one of the panels because that's my favorite thing about packs is the panels but i can imagine myself yeah. being in like in the middle of a panel and just everything goes to shit or e e even <laughs> goes to shit, yeah. e even if um w one of the people on the panel like they just drop out and it's just like you have 90 <laughs> seconds of confusion from the other panelists just going like oh, so uh, like, what's uh, happening <laughs> we've lost him wait, 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 where'd you go max or that obviously is just <laughs> the name i've made up but yeah there might be a max out there who knows <laughs> yeah <laughs> well like speaking of live streams and you know worrying about 
not having good enough internet. Um, EA did its annual EA Play event and online, as expected this year. Um, got a, quite a few announcements from there. Um, did you did you get the chance to catch it live, or did you kind of catch up on it later on? Uh, well, a lot of these things happen, you know, at just awkward times for myself. I, I personally am yeah. not, you know, a morning person, which is when a lot of these things tend to be on. So I had to kind of, like, <laughs> yep. make do by checking out, like, a bunch of recaps and things like that. But obviously, yeah. uh, we've been seeing a recent trend about EA, EA putting their games on Steam, uh, making them available yep. on both Steam mm-hmm. and Origin. Uh, this is obviously just yeah. affecting uh, PC users, but... Uh, yeah, we, you've got things like how for the longest time their origin access has been available on consoles, so you can kind of like pay yeah. a monthly fee to put uh, like to get games. access to EA games instead of yeah, per, you know, paying ninety nine bucks for every game. Like if you if you do like e- EA's lineup of games, it does make sense to yeah. to pick yeah. it up. Um, but if you're if you're the type of player who only wants like you know. If you only like The Sims or you're just a, a massive FIFA player... Um, yeah, you'll probably just buy the game yeah, as it but, is. Um, they're definitely going pretty hard on pushing for, the I, I guess, those uh, you know Steam users. Yeah, like. I mean, the because the, I watched the stream, the video of the stream, like, afterwards and, and, like, throughout, they were running a competition where you could win a whole bunch of... Uh, Steam codes for EA games, which is, which is weird when you consider the fact that EA has got its own um client <laughs> I, I guess um, they just figure that uh having you know because there are people who just are on steam they have like thousands of dollars of games in there everything. and they just refuse yep. to buy and, and especially because like, they probably got what maybe more than 10 years worth of friends like a friends list they've accumulated and yeah. stuff yeah so I, I can see why people why ea is doing it to get back at the people who would wouldn't touch Origin or people who got burnt by Origin early on, like with when the when Battlefield had its issues, like Battlefield three and four, yeah. or when um. I like, mean, and just uh, on well, just on another note, like I do like Origin. I honestly think oh, and that SimCity. Like I honestly think that all round, it's probably a better client than Steam. I've said that for the longest time, but for some there's reason, less going on in it. Like for some reason, whenever I try and log into Origin. Half the time, I can't even get in. That's the only bad thing. <laughs> there are all these bugs with Origin that are really, really annoying, and and Origin hasn't really gone has hasn't had a major redesign in many years. So I think, I I don't know. I I just I don't think Origin's gonna last too long. Yeah. I think I I think EA might move away from running its own dedicated client. I think it just gets too messy for them, maybe. Maybe that's what's maybe this is what's going to happen in the future, but possibly. We'll, but we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Like with Steam, I've just had like a number of issues with it over the years. Like there's just so much trash on there. Like all the games, <laughs> uh, a lot of their users are like you know, yeah. uh, you know. I'm not going to name any names here, but I do see like in forums, there's a lot of like you know, nasty comments. Like it might be like you know homophobic stuff or just slurs passed yeah. out left, right, and well, center. I think I think the curation side of steam has really suffered a lot especially since it went to like an automated process yeah so, it's just, it just has, it just does not make me feel good to be on it as a user but yeah. i mean obviously i still and, and, have yeah. you know a, a lot of games on steam that, that is yeah. you know where so many pc games are these days so i do buy yeah, yeah. games on steam it's just like i'm not i don't really feel welcome in the community let's say yeah i, I don't even interact with the community i just install my games play my games and Unless it's to do with Destiny, I don't really talk to anyone. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't we'll, want to deal with anyone. <laughs> but we'll get back on, on, on to the EA Play feature. Um, yeah. Definitely a bunch of interesting games coming out of that. Uh, yeah. One that I've got my eye on is yeah. uh, the new game from uh, Joseph Farah's, the team the team behind, or sorry, the, the, man, the man behind uh, games yeah. like A Way Out and Hazelight. And A Way Out. Yeah. Uh, and we, so uh, Brothers, we've got, we've got it takes Tale of Two, two Sons. Um, yeah. It takes two, yeah. What what do you think of the name? Do you think it's a bit? It just reminds you of that dance show on Channel Seven years ago called "It Takes Two. Oh, it's like oh, that so, karaoke so the, show. So but... The name's the same, is it? Yeah, I, it I'm takes not, two. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what show you're <laughs> referring to, but uh, I, I mean, being the fact that you know this is a co-op game, I can kind of see like where the idea of "It Takes Two comes from. But like, yep. if you if I if you had just told me the name is It Takes Two, and it is a co-op game, I'd probably think you're talking about, like, some kind of, like, Mario Party type, um... Yeah. Like, well, 
like, like Army of Two or even like No 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 it, no, no, no. like if you if you had said okay there's a new game coming out called It Takes Two and it's a cult game my mind is gonna think it's you're talking about like one of those party like, games like some no name branded Switch like Switch like yeah. party game that comes out for twenty bucks and you never even know like, about it yeah like one that's poorly optimized and doesn't make good use of the <laughs> of the the joy cons but um no, it's just something if you, you find in the me, bin at big w if you had told me it takes two made by joseph Fares, i know exactly what i'm getting myself into it looks yeah fuck the oscars apparently <laughs> it looks really I, good i i i honestly EA's think, embraced that <laughs> I, I i i i think I, I think that's definitely like um something that's gonna follow him around for the rest of his career but yeah. i don't i don't think he's necessarily gonna gonna hate the idea of that um the, it no, looks just, cool though. Yeah, I just, I, I just cool. feel like you know um, this idea about like a, a a kid who is kind of like struggling with the idea of like his parents, you know, separating, and so yeah, um, he's basically kind of like manifesting, uh, you know, uh, I guess them, the, them in the form of dolls that come to life, and it's just like, oh, yeah. no, it's just it's wacky, it's bizarre, it it sounds like it's going to be really good and if it's got like the same system that's present in a way out in in the sense that you know you only need one copy of the game to play it between two people i think that kind of idea is going to bring a lot more people into it because you can kind of like either just split the money with a friend and buy it or just play it with yourself and introduce it to like friend number one have have a playthrough with them. Friend number two, have a completely different playthrough with them. Like, every person is going to experience it differently. So, I like that Faris and his team are just, you know, taking uh, those kinds of concepts and using it to push game design in, in ways that we don't really see. Um, I think that that is just, you know, something that, especially as we get into an era where gaming is more social than ever before, like... Um, it's it's just something that is just gonna really be something that I think more developers should start using in in their in their games. I don't know if there's a pattern in in the way that you know his his team works on it, but mm. yeah, no, that's the thing, and I think it's like um, it's like that game. I think I think it's my friend Pedro. I think it was based on the creators kind of the creators kind of. Uh, kind of like the the creator the director of the game like his own struggle with his father who was kind of like a very violent figure but he kind of looked up to him and stuff like it's kind of like that you manifest you try to process an emotional trauma emotional situation through imagination and stuff like it, it it's it's sort of like that so i think i think there's definitely room for a game like this to help kids and even adults, I swear, to navigate a very tricky situation. What about what else? Uh, what else did you like? What else was a highlight for you? Um, yeah, well, I I always kind of like keep up to date with what EA is doing with FIFA. Um, it's been it's been a couple of years since I've bought a version of FIFA. I think FIFA seventeen was the last one I had. A couple of years, mate. But, that was um, like three years ago. <laughs> it, it 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 was like look, they're pushing Ultimate Team more than ever before. But, yeah. Um, I, st- I still do enjoy watching, you know, FIFA streamers play. Um, yeah. So whether or not this will be the year I get back into it, that's that remains to be seen. But one thing that, that like did surprise me is that, um, so the game will be coming out on PS4 and Xbox One, but yeah. uh, when the PS5 releases, uh, there will be like a completely different version of of uh, the new FIFA game, FIFA. T- uh, there will be a, a completely new version of FIFA 21. Yeah, with a new engine and stuff, um, probably. More however, the, however, there's no upgrade for PC, and this same thing happened last time uh, when FIFA 14 came out. Yeah. That was one that uh, was a launch title for the PS4 and Xbox One, and that, again, had a separate version. But yeah. uh, just, just just like this new one, there wasn't a an upgrade of the PC version, and apparently there's a big difference between oh, what they've imagine. made for um, the the PS5 versus or the PS5 and the and the new Xbox Series X versus the current build of the game. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I remember that I, last I, I generation. Guess, I guess as they're well. worried that 
you know, because the PS5 and the, and the, and the new Xbox are so high-end compared to not the top gaming PCs, but, like, what the average PC user has. Like, I guess they're kind yeah. of, like, looking at the, um, like, people who are logging into Origin, like, what builds they've got, like, can... Like for example, I've got a I've got a graphics card from you know the mid twenty tens. Um, like I don't know if my PC would be able to run it. Oh, your no, well your PC like, will your PC right now has more power than a PS four and Xbox One. I'm sure. No, but yeah. like the PS five. But because, that's like, the thing. I think yeah. that's the concern there. Well, um, at the end of the day, like PC games, like you can scale things down and make things work. So. I don't see a reason why there couldn't be uh, an upgrade path. like Or not even an upgrade path. Maybe just release FIFA 21 on PC is just the next-gen version. But I think what happens there is that if you release it at the same time, then you're going to have a bunch of players, like all the console players are going to be like, hang on a second, you get to play the new game now. Why don't we get to play it? You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, effectively, you know, it is going to be the same game as it were. Like, yeah. you can still go into Ultimate. It's, it's just going to be like, do they want the new engine? That's going to be. Yeah, but that's going to feel completely the, different, man. That's 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 the tricky part. Like, why not delay yeah. the PC one, the PC release, to coincide with the the next gen consoles? At least that way, current gen console owners won't be pissed off that there's someone playing in the house next door, but with a better version. I think the way they should do it is just, like, an upgrade package. Like, yeah. because I'm pretty sure um, there is a way to... Um, what are they calling it where you can kind of, like, move your games from, like, one system to the next? Like, uh, like smart upgrade? delivery. Like, like, on Xbox, it's called smart delivery, but I'm not sure how... What PS5... But it's, like, just the upgrade path. Like, yeah, 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 Madden's yeah. So got like, that as well. Like it, it, it lets you take your, like, game from PS4 to, to PS5 or vice versa. Yeah. Um, for the, like for the Xbox, but I, I don't see why it couldn't be kind of like okay, you pay seventy bucks or whatever it is for FIFA twenty one on PC, and then throw in a twenty dollar. I'm pulling that price out of my butt. Yeah, you know, twenty dollar upgrade fee. Mate, to because get I'll tell you version. what, PC gamers would not fucking pay that because it's why why are we being held back when it's the same? Like, why not just give us the better game? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make well, sense from maybe, a PC maybe, point maybe of view. Maybe it won't be ready by the time. Yeah. Maybe it won't be then, ready by the time. I think uh, just delay FIFA the game. Is due to launch. Yeah, but then well, just delay the game. I mean, uh, but I'll put it this well, way. Then what, why, yeah. What, the the thing is, people who want FIFA want it day one. They yeah. literally want it on the day that they can get it because yeah. they want to start building their ultimate teams. They want to start getting as many coins as they can. They want to get as many good players as they can for their team. That, yeah. Like that's that's why. Um, but you can get like the the ultimate version of the game or yeah Legends and all that and get played early and stuff but i think i i think pc gamers like i think they'll be fine if they had it delayed and they just got the better version up front because imagine buying a game you download like what 80 gigs or something and then three months later you pay money and then you got to download another 100 plus gigs for the game again like i think people the thing is I, I, I don't I don't think that's true, Bill. I I I I feel like it's got a splinter the if I, game. If I was a yeah. if if I was a FIFA player on PC, I I would want, I like I would not be upset with which version I got. I would want just a version on the same day that that PS five uh, PS four users are getting it. And the the but the thing is, then EA runs the risk of splintering everyone. Because then it's going to have... Like, the PC market is already tiny in terms of FIFA, right? Um, so imagine splitting that up between the upgrades and the standard versions. Like, I think that's just going to get too too much to maintain and stuff. Like, two bills of the game. So I think, I, I think EA said, you know what? What's going to be the most economic way to do it is to just go with the, the current gen version and just not even worry about the next gen and leave that to the, the console owners who are the ones who are going to spend that extra money. But um, for me, my highlight of the show was Star Wars Squadrons. I am so excited to play that. It looks so cool, man. Like I remember being at Kmart or Target and being at the demo kiosk for the GameCube when it launched. And I think it was Star Wars like Rogue Leader, I think it was. Like basically the, the second uh, Rogue, uh, Rogue Squadron game. 
And mate, that was like a mind-blowing moment. So uh, anything that can take me back to dogfighting in the Star Wars universe, I'm all for it, mate. Especially because it supports so, VR. <laughs> that's so how cool. How do you reckon that's going to go compared to um, Star Wars games in recent times? Like, There's been obviously big uh, titles like uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO. Um, yep. I know for a, a little while that took a while to hit the... Um, yeah, to, it took a to couple reach of years. Kind of success, but after after, yeah. after a while, it became a, a well, very a very big game. EA for doesn't it. have the best um, rec- track record when it comes to you know monetizing its multiplayer game. So I think it's learnt its lesson, um, and I think respawns uh, like uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I think that's won back a lot of fans in terms of having some goodwill with EA's Star Wars games, um, but. I think it's telling that during the whole process, like the the gameplay trailer for Star Wars uh, Squadrons, um, EA was was insist like like putting emphasis on the fact that you can earn all the items in the game, and it's all based on skill and this and that. Like it, it, it's very telling that EA is really pushing for that and making it clear that it's not a pay to win type game. So I th- I think uh, like I'm cautiously optimistic about the monetization of the game but i really love the idea of the game you know five on five dog fighting you can choose to fight on the imperial side or the the rebel side um and the game itself takes place between episodes six and seven so it's kind of like the end of the empire slash beginning of the first order um so that that's that's like um and the the graphics looks great um you can tell that they the people making it are really passionate about like the systems of the game because you the the hud is basically you, you you fly in first person and the hud is basically the screens that are in front of you so all the control screens and stuff they look like they are actually real time updated to represent the hud of the game so it, it's so, so it's, immersive. A bit, it's a bit like um the the equivalent of playing cockpit um, view in a in a racing game yeah, yeah. I, was, yep. I, was, I was to say is, is it like having the the the, the, the dashboard kind of like um with the with the speedo just got ticking up yeah yeah so it's that's that's the thing you know it's it's reminiscent i think i think the thing that'll make or break it is more so how easy is it to get into because if you want to go full realistic you're going to end up with something that's just like a dcs war simulator where it's like full-on 100,000 buttons and everything like that whereas if like i want to i want this has to be playable on like a dual shock or an xbox controller like you you shouldn't have to plug in a full-on hotas you know like you know throttle up and down system you know what i mean and and that's someone and that's coming from someone with a thrustmaster steering wheel set up behind me so like uh, that's me talking yeah any anytime you get a game like that you're just going to lock out a lot yeah. of players but it, that, that's that's why i always believe that even though you want um to be be able to use peripherals like that um you obviously do need to to have your controller um as the the the, the, the standard yeah. control formation because that's what most people are going to have and crossplay. And and the thing is, like EA, like all the games, I believe that it announced that are multiplayer, like, are like another big announcement, Apex Legends getting crossplay, and it's coming to the Switch. Um, you know, uh, Need for Speed Heat getting crossplay, um, Star Wars Squadrons getting crossplay, like um, a Rocket Arena, which is one of its EA Originals partnerships, I think. Oh no, it's not one of those, but it's one of the partnerships with one of the uh, uh, the developers. Like that's also getting crossplay at launch. Like EA's really flying that flag when it comes to crossplay and i'm really you know really psyched to see that i wonder if i wonder how quickly we'll see crossplay in terms of fifa like i wonder if that's going to be more so like thing that's going to be held back by ultimate team because the markets on the different systems are always out of sync because of how many players and and, and like the number of yeah, like, cards like, that mean, are available pretty, pretty in those uh, markets um, uh, you know the, the 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 FIFA Ultimate Team market is factored in by by the the the, the activity. Um, so more players are playing on PlayStation than they are on Xbox or PC. So the chances yep. of yep. packs with rare players being opened is higher on PlayStation. So you're generally going to be spending yep. less of the in-game coins to 
purchase these players, but yeah, because yeah. the amount of coins that you get from playing a game doesn't change, it is a little bit harder to get them on, on other systems. Yeah, especially on PC. Like, I remember Jake showing me comparisons between all three uh, systems when it came to, like, specific cards and stuff, and, and the pricing was just all over the place. Like, you just couldn't, com- couldn't compare it yeah, fairly. So- if they were to unanimously have like one transfer market again how would it work like would would it just send the coins from a PlayStation user to an Xbox user or would it then be where a PlayStation yeah, user can play against an Xbox user and then if if it's for like the weekend league like does the person on PS5 get better rewards than the Xbox user like uh, it's there's probably a lot of different things to consider there and it's not I think the way to make it fair would be just everyone shares one market and then and and not try to artificially weight it in any one direction I think that's yeah. the only way it's going to work but listen there are people who are earning a lot more money than we do trying to fix these dis- these are uh, trying to solve these problems so I mean I think if it we'll was, it if it was easy, and uh, if it get was back easy, to oh, I can't even get my words out <laughs> If it was as easy as just snapping your fingers and and making it happen, it would have been done by now, I reckon. I don't see why there would be any reason why it isn't. Hey, if 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 the Avengers has taught us anything, snapping your fingers and making things happen, even that takes a lot of effort. <laughs> so you know what? Um, it's gonna take effort regardless, mate. Um, but yeah, like um, what was another thing like? Uh, a short teaser for Bioware and DICE's next project, you know, the next Battlefield and Dragon Age games. Like, it, it was very short, like, kind of technical previews, but we definitely can see um, a big leap in terms of graphics, especially when it comes to details um, in, like, you know, things like faces, you know, facial expressions and, and stuff like that. And, mate, Criterion Games working on a new racing game. That's amazing. That is such a cool, like, cool teaser. Like, it wasn't a proper announcement, but like just seeing just hearing the fact that criterion games is working on a new racing game that gets me so excited like i loved need for speed hot pursuit the the remake uh that i think is my i'd probably say that and is like in the top three racing games that i've ever played and like that game is like a perfect game there's that is a, an example of a game that would be a 10 out of 10. Yeah, and, and I mean, so I, I wouldn't say that about Hot Pursuit, but I would say that about Burnout 3, which was another game by Criterion. So, again, like, you know, they are yeah. a game that... Oh, sorry, they are a studio, rather, that knows how to do racing games, execute them well, and, um, you know, the fact that yeah. now they've got... But um, that's the thing. Um, But the people who made Criterion games, Criterion games back then... I don't think they've come back because you know how after like Criterion Games, like half of them ended up well, at Ghost well, Games, they have because they, they, and then they've, other they've people started games like Dangerous Driving. Um, so so they're, yeah. they're now a much smaller yeah, so... studio, but um, they're they're, they're still yeah. they're still they're still. But I don't know if they're gonna if any of no, them have come I, back. I, th- I think they've obviously moved yeah. on. Um, they've created their own little team, and so they're doing their own thing. Um, yeah, and I hope this doesn't mean that Ghost Games is getting like kind of shut down and those people are getting put back oh. into criterion games mate that happens a lot at those uh, like when you're owned by a, a big publisher like ea or something like you just get shuffled around oh mate but yeah like i think i think those are kind of like the main things i can't I'm trying to remember um I'm trying to remember i i really like the like the EA Originals like initiative, I think it's great that EA is continuing its its partnership with um, smaller studios. I, th- I think we need more of that. Um, like even 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 stuff that Ubisoft did in the previous generation. Sorry, but previous, I mean the current generation. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm already looking ahead. Um, has been great. You know, seeing things like was it um, uh, for, was it the Great War? Uh, was this it, war was that game? Um, is that what you're thinking of? There was this war. No. Not this war of mine. It's it's the other one. It's the um, ah what it was that kind of like two D, like game where you played like characters from. I swear that's I this war the of great mine. War Ubisoft. <laughs> no, this war of mine is the one that's like kind of set Valiant Hearts, oh, the Great War. Um, I always one, confuse those yeah, two yeah, games. Yeah, 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 like... yeah. Yeah, this war of mine is kind of the one that's set in like you know, 
Europe, like Eastern Europe in yeah, like the nineties yeah. or something. Like that one's a bit more realistic and a lot more gritty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And like stuff like Grow Home, that was also from like U- Ubisoft's kind of like experimental studios and stuff. So I I really like it when these bigger publishers actually get behind these like quirky ideas and put some money behind them. Um, but yeah, like I mean. The next story, I'm afraid, is not as positive uh, when it comes to uh, reviews and, and stuff for like that. Like, what what do you think about uh, The Last of Us Part 2 getting review bombed by, I don't know, may, I feel like these people haven't even finished the game yet, well, given how soon it is after release. We're talking about a game that is going to take anywhere between 20 and 30 odd hours to complete. And within... Plus hours, yeah. Within hours of the game coming out, it was just getting a bunch of zeros on Metacritic. Um, I've always been against user reviews. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I can understand the idea of why you'd want to um, know what your friends think of a game. And so, like, if I'm on Steam and I see, like, my friend has written a review, like, it's going to convince me to buy a game, right? But when you're kind of just going out there and sending zeros for a game that... Let's be honest, I reckon half of the people who were doing it hadn't even thought of buying the game, let alone actually oh, played it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it just took no time at all yeah. for um, the game to have a bunch of, you know, zeros that really heavily um, weighted the user score on Metacritic down, and there's now such a discrepancy yeah. between the meta score and the user score. It's ridiculous. Like, And it's just like... Yeah. I don't know, like, people think that, you know, oh, because it's got so many 10s, you know, all the all the critics who are writing about it have been paid off by Naughty Dog or Sony or whatever, and it's like, um, no, that doesn't actually happen. I don't know why that assumption, yeah. like, continues to, like, perpetrate, uh, you know, the, 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 game, the gaming sphere, but, um... Yeah, like we're talking about a game that takes so long to beat, and yet everybody um, happens to. But you know what? Yeah. The same thing happened. The leftist, no, 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 like, look, people are talking about the leftist ruins yeah, yeah, yet and, another and game. This, the this social justice so warriors. Much, like, I'm glad we kind of left it to this point in the show because I literally could talk about this all day no. if I wanted to. There is so much wrong about the fact that The mm. Last of Us Two, The Last of Us Part Two, is getting assaulted by angry. Like, I don't even want to call them gamers, but angry morons about the fact that, you know... But but, but Red Dead Redemption 2 had exactly the same yeah. thing. Like, every major publication out there was giving it 9s, 9.5s, and 10s. And it's like, there was no issue with that. There was, like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand why. The only thing I can think of is, and I'm sorry to say it, but it's the fact that there's so many themes in... The Last of Us Part Two that deal with the LGBT plus community, and it's like you know there are people out there who just hate the idea of you know any kind of representation for these people. It's like you know the moment yeah. a character is named as queer or like you know a lesbian or transgender or whatever it might be, right? It's a problem for some reason. I don't know why, but it is. It is completely. It is a massive overreaction. These idiots shouldn't have, you yeah. know, the the attention, but it just happens to be a big story because, you know, it, it, like is is there a problem with how games are perceived these days? It 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 brings up an interesting question, but I just hate the idea that you know because any kind of, um, uh, any 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 time attention is brought to the fact that you know user score like a game is getting review bombed it's like oh well you know there's no you know there's no way you can prove that we're just doing it for the sake of it like how do you know i haven't played the game yeah yeah this this uh yeah like these people like like a lot of those reviews are oh, the graphics and gameplay are excellent but the ending like you know blah 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 it's like mate that doesn't take it from a 10 down to yeah. a 1 or a 0 like if you didn't like one part of it, like, there's a whole... There's the... That's the problem with... That's the problem that I see with numbers and stuff for that on, on games is that, like... 
any, any any sort of media, I guess, is that these are experiences, you know, what you bring to the game or the movie or the TV show and stuff is the experience is based on your own ideals, your own experiences that you pull from, your own references and stuff for that. Like, you know, the thing about this is that it's, I hate the fact that we still look at games and stuff like that as products, like simply as just things that you buy or not buy. Like, I wish we could have more intellectual discussions about the game you know that's why i think at double jump we we try to we we stay away from giving numbers to games for that particular reason is that we want to have more of an intellectual discussion about games as experiences rather than as purely just products and i think this like metacritic and stuff for that i think they're part of it's part of the problem that um of putting numbers and and uh, to to games and stuff like that and, and giving all these idiots like giving everyone and idiots and bigots and racists and all that the same waiting is that you're going to get stuff like this you know steam games cop it all the time like this you know if a game has any hint of coming from china i'm sure there'll be people bombing it saying oh you know this is stealing your data blah 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 you know it's it's a shame that this is what happens but i think this is just <laughs> A byproduct of the fact that human beings are allowed yeah. to write things on the internet. And that's just going to come see, out. Um, the video from Alana Pierce during the week about this topic? Uh, no, Alana Pierce, no, for those who don't no, know, I haven't. Um, she's a former IGN writer who I think she's still with Funhouse. I'm not too sure about that. but um, Yeah, she was with Funhouse. She she did a lot of promotional work with uh, like yeah, Microsoft. Yeah, she and put stuff. out. A, so she's kind of like a presenter. She put out a video on her, slash, on her um, personal YouTube personality. channel um, talking about, you know, her experience from working with IGN and just talking about, like, game reviews in general. And she brought up an interesting point, right? The video is about 10 minutes long. I highly recommend giving it a, a watch if um, if this idea of The Last of Us 2 getting reviewed bombed interests you. It's a really good watch. But she did bring up an interesting point that I just want to bring by you because... Um, you know, even though you haven't seen the video, mm. you can probably respond to this idea, is that um, if, you know, this idea that uh, if a bunch of people are giving nines and tens to a game, like, are they getting paid off? It's more just like, you know, why why are people getting upset at the the game reviewers rather than, you know, the, the, the developer itself, like, in this case, Naughty Dog? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't people want to be angry at a naughty dog let's say for paying or support like for supposedly paying off game staff for positive the uh, game writers for positive reviews as opposed to um you know the the writers for you know just writing positive like because a positive review doesn't like a 10 this is the one thing that fr- oh this frustrates me so much with the a 10 out of 10 <laughs> review, I mean, yep. this is obviously varies from publication to publication, but a 10 out of 10 review does not imply that a game is perfect. It, 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 most of them will basically yep. say that a 10 out of 10 is, like, amazing or a masterpiece or, like, a must-play. Yep. It doesn't imply perfection because such standards can never be attained. Well, it used to. See, like, in the again, old days, they used to say... Like, maybe they use yeah. the term perfection in the sense yeah. that, you know, if, if you're talking an action game is a 10 out of 10, it's probably hard to make an action game that will top that. If you're talking a racing game, that's a 10 out of 10. It's hard to make a racing game that will top that, but... So you're saying it's it's, it's relative. Like, it, it's, it, it, is, it is relative in the sense that... But, but people say, like, you know, oh, what is an objective 10 out of 10 review? Like, there's no such thing as an objective review because it's... You can't... You, it, it's, if it's not... You can't... It doesn't work. It's not objective. You, the only way something can be objective is if it's you're literally just measuring numbers. You're measuring how many megabytes does it have, and this and that. Like that's the only way to keep it objective. You, you can't you can't be objective about anything really, unless you're measuring something scientifically. And even then, there's always a bias in the way you're measuring and the emphasis you put on, uh, like you know what parts to measure and stuff for that. I think that's dumb. I think that idea of objective reviews is just silly and people need to people need to understand that it's impossible to i'm gonna need to to move on from this otherwise i'll be here just all day screaming into my microphone and i don't want to be 
like those idiot YouTubers who just put out like. And the the other thing is reviews don't sell games anymore. I'm sorry, I I firm I do not believe that reviews sell games anymore because publishers put a lot of effort into securing pre-orders and stuff like that. You know, people most people. Let's be honest. Like I think I, I, my hypothesis is that things have shifted away from. Um, you need reviews to know whether or not to buy a game because back in the day you couldn't really get trailers and screenshots easily right so you relied on previews and reviews but now i think what it is is you have an idea about the game and you read a review to validate your idea you don't really re- read it to know whether or not you got to buy the game and not buy it yeah like a, like a, like i mean i, I think will that's, read reviews yeah. but i basically will read a review because i want to hear what you know yeah, like they I'm, thought about I'm, the game. I, right? I don't even read reviews yeah. if I'm interested in a game because chances are, if I want to buy a game, I don't want anything of it spoiled for me. You, yeah, you'll just and you'll just buy it and then figure it out for yourself. So if someone, yeah. because you know, I've got you know fellow writers who I look up to, kind of thing, and mm. I get inspired by their work. So that's when I'll read a review is when they've put out something, and I'll just be like, oh, this person who I really like, you know, whether it's Dave Milner or yeah. Kelly. Plaguey or whoever, I'll read one of their reviews because I like to follow them. They're writers that I want to support. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I, th- I think yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, review bombing is dumb. Numbered re- like user reviews and using that as like a a metric, I think, is a bit silly in this day and age. Um, games are experiences. We should we should look beyond them as just simply products, but but let's let's table that discussion for a later time. I'm sure this will come up some other time for another game anyway. Yeah, other, otherwise I'll be here all night. There's there's no there's no way I can <laughs> Yeah. H- how about we cap off our new segment with some happy news, you know? How about um how about we talk about uh Pokemon Company's announcements from last week, chiefly being Pokemon Snap coming back on Nintendo Switch. Now that's got to be that's going to be like something everyone's looking forward to. Well, this this is certainly you know one thing that um, I wouldn't necessarily say I was surprised to find out, but I'm surprised it's happening now. I feel like um yeah, it should have already happened. Uh, I feel like yeah, it should have already yeah, yeah, happened, you could, man. You, you could you could say that, but um yeah. I don't know. I've, I I figured in terms of it being like a Switch game, that, yeah. I think that's what's kind of like made me feel a bit confused. I, th- I, th- I thought like yeah. a Pokemon Snap would have been, like, a perfect tie-in with uh, Pokemon Go. Um, yeah, because, like, like, you've got the augmented reality already. Yeah, like, like I, you can I, already I, I see thought, Pokemon around you. I, I thought that was going to be, like, the logical step kind of thing. Like, yeah. like if they were ever going to bring back Pokemon Snap, it would have been, like, an expansion for Pokemon Go. Um, yeah, but, that would have been perfect, I think. But I suppose with Pokemon Snap coming to the Switch, like, you know, it's another legitimate game for the system, as if they needed another. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's not too much coming up this year, so I think maybe it'll be good to have something. Well, I mean, maybe in terms of like the the upcoming radar, but like there's already so many like must-have games for the Switch. Like I'm gonna and a lot of new Switch owners, like myself, um, Jake. I know just got his Switch, so yeah, I guess plenty of people already have like a whole bunch of games that they've got on their list. Yeah, and and I know that you know with every. With every must-have game that comes out, it's just like making me feel like I need to go out and get one. But I just, yep. I, I feel like if I did buy a Switch, and this is the main reason why I don't have one, I feel like if I did buy a Switch, there's no way that I can like equally balance my time on <laughs> the PS4, Xbox One, a Switch, and PC. Like I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't be able to keep up with how many releases I would need. Whereas, like, right now, not having a Switch, even though there are games that I want to play on it, like, I really want it for for Super Mario Odyssey because I love the Mario games. But it's yeah. like, if I bought a Switch, I'd probably be like, okay, well, if there's so many games coming out in this week that I want yeah. to play, it's like, I feel like I would be missing out on a certain thing. So that's that's a big part of the reason why I don't have a Switch. Yeah. There's also things like yeah. money and things like that. But I know, you know what you mean. 
especially when there's a lot of games like multiplayer games like a game like um even gran turismo sport you know there's leagues there's races always going on groups to be a part of and stuff yeah you have to be around to be invited to like specific races and stuff like i play i play a lot of destiny and to be able to be successful in destiny you have to be playing it regularly to keep level up and and get the new content drops and things like that so i i, I see where you're coming from man and truth be told like we're not we're not paid to be games journalists or anything like that so it's very hard to try and juggle working and and, and writing and and everything as well so yeah that's that's a fair point man who knows maybe like maybe when you go look at the new systems you might say you know what i think i might skip one system and then go for you know well that, a that's switch. That, that's often what it's been like i know in the in the previous generation of consoles i um I went for the As Xbox. in PS3 360? Yeah, I went for the Xbox 360 yep. and the Nintendo Wii. I missed out on a PS3, but uh, it kind of worked out well because a lot of the best games for the PS3 ended up getting remastered remade. to the PS4. Yeah, because not many people bought it <laughs> versus the PS4, so that's the thing. Um, yeah, but um, we'll, um, what we want uh, to do to our, for our viewers um, is we want to kind of like know... For Pokemon Snap, what is on your wish list? Um, is is mm. it that? Uh, well, obviously the big thing with Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield, you know, they didn't have every single Pokemon. So, are there going to be people out there who want Pokemon Snap with like a complete Pokedex? Are there, you know, like yeah. what what exactly do you want from the upcoming Pokemon Snap? What's on your wish list for the game? Send send your answers to. Uh, our email podcast at doublejump.co just let us know like what, ex- what exactly you want from the game yeah yeah like that's the thing I'm, I'm sure you know it's been what 20 years more than 20 years since the the original game came out and you know this being a spiritual successor to it and what like six seven generations of new pokemon since yeah i i, I yeah i think i think guys right in guys girls Write in with your wish list for Pokemon Snap. That's 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 gonna be uh that's gonna be an interesting one. Do you, do you have anything that comes to mind for your wish list? Um, I think for because I wasn't <laughs> bring overly... it to a mobile. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wasn't overly <laughs> thrilled with the original Pokemon Snap. I definitely feel like these days it's, it's like a boring game. <laughs> it's certainly a relic of its time. Like when you especially yeah. compared to what we've seen in, you know, later Pokemon entries. Like, I feel like it's got a lot to do to make it a game that's going to be fun by 2020 standards. Yeah. Um, so what I yeah. would want most from the, the game is, like, um, I suppose, like, a kind of, like, a live... Almost like a wiki of sorts. This is probably going to be weird, but it'll be, like, you know, if you capture a... Um, you know, it's it's almost like a cross between a Pokedex and a wiki, what I'm thinking of. Like, if you capture a... a when I say capture, I mean, like, you know, sn- snap, I should probably say. Yeah. Um, if you snap a... <laughs> yes, a, Grandpa. A, a Pidgey <laughs> or something like that, like, you, yeah. you will kind of know, like, interesting facts about a Pidgey. Like, it might be like, yeah. you know, the first game that it was featured in. Um, some like of facts its, like Some that. of its yeah. most iconic moves, like... Um, maybe you can listen to its cry or something like that, like sort of like a, yeah. a, a a virtual Pokedex in a way, because like I feel like the like um the gameplay definitely needs something that's gonna like entice you to. Yeah, I remember it snap. being boring. <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't uh, the most interesting game. Yeah, like I, I like for me, I think I would really like to see Nintendo, um, maybe embrace like the Joy Cons and maybe let you like move your controller around so you can kind of like like pat the pokemon and and you know kind of like like if if mm. if say for example there's a herd of rhino uh, i don't know whatever the i forget man you know <laughs> rapid dashes running towards you you can yeah. kind of like feel the vibrations of them running oh, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and Ooh, that would be true. so cool yeah. you know like imagine like holding a joy con and it'd be like you're 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 brushing the mane of one of the pokemon you know what i mean and you can like, feel like an like arcane yeah how cool would that be right that yeah. would be so cool i mean i don't know how you'd do that on the the the, the switch light i don't think that's got hd rumble but um hey like you know what i, I think that would be really cool yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, to our, to our listeners, just let us know what you would want. Uh, yeah. What what would what you would like to see from Pokemon Snap? 
yeah and and send them in at podcast at doublejump.co um yeah love to get your emails there but yeah in terms of um moving on we might talk about some of the content that you would have seen on double jump this past week um we had uh ben uh put up a review of night squad which um you can you can uh i don't know like i think um the fact that he calling it boring and ugly that's probably not the type of thing you want when everyone's stuck at home searching for games to play you probably need something that'll actually you know hold on to (laughs) um and, and keep you entertained but um, but yeah, like, um, and we've also got, uh, we also had Zach released his review of Fly Punch Boom, which I think he had a lot more fun with it than, um, than Ben did with Night Squad, but it's also, uh, it's also had to deal with some, um, some online issues at launch. So hopefully those gets, um, you know, settled down and so that more and more people can enjoy the, enjoy the game and, it's good to see that one man studio like games are still still around you think with um everything being so interconnected that you'd be seeing a lot of outsourcing and stuff for that so that's that's still a good positive thing to see i feel like i kind of feel like it would be the opposite especially these days where you know (laughs) everyone's isolated oh not only that but it's 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 easier than ever to to get a bit of you know a game making software or like accessing something through unity or whatever like uh, you know, itch.io is full of, um, you know, games made by a single developer. So I wouldn't necessarily yeah. say that um, uh, that that sing- single developer studios are are dying. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's. So you see, I'm a, I'm a triple A pleb, so uh, that's why I know nothing, man. I know nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and in terms of uh, stream, so we, we've um, I'm really proud of us, like everyone you know getting uh doubling down when it comes to streams so so just to let you guys know like we've got five streams booked in you know for this week uh we've got myself uh streaming some more destiny 2 i might trade it out for apex legends but we'll see and that'll be wednesday at 8 p.m australian eastern standard time um then friday we've got tom subbing in for zach at 2 p.m probably playing some destiny 2 there not sure if he's gonna try something else um friday night at 9 p.m australian eastern we've got lucas probably getting joined by zagarath from the community and playing some modern minecraft which is a a lot of fun um seeing all the shenanigans that you can get up to in minecraft nowadays um saturday night you've got yourself and lucas your uh, weekly jackbox stream so um you guys did had a fantastic stream last week so kudos to you guys you know really brought in a lot of new fans which is excellent excellent to see and so you'll be you'll be going live at about 8 p.m on saturday yeah yeah um, uh, we we've we've pretty much just been nailing that time now because I don't know yeah. whether it's just lucky or whatever it might be, but we tend to always get like one or two stray Americans who have stayed up all night. So <laughs> if we did push it back a little bit later, then we probably wouldn't yeah. be able to have. Like they that just kind they of... just need to get that one last quip in before they before they pass out. Yeah. So that that's good on you guys. <laughs> but yes, and Sunday we've got Ben capping it off with an afternoon stream, a nice chill afternoon stream. If you guys haven't already, I would definitely um, jump on at doublejump.co slash twitch to watch uh, Ben. Actually, not even watch. You can just listen to him. He's got like one of those really smooth like late night radio voices. Um, so him, I think he's going to be playing some more of the, the Global 51, uh, the Clubhouse games. Um, I don't know what what shenanigans he's going to get up to in terms of international board games, but definitely do give him a watch as well at 2 p.m. But yeah, um, is there anything else like that I missed? I feel like um, I feel like we covered a lot of stuff from this past week. I think it's been a really big week, despite the fact that E three is not on. Yeah, well, I mean, other you know, we've got things like the the Summer Games Fest, and then obviously EA yep. Play. Um, Nintendo has been putting out a few of their events as well. Yeah, so there's GCX was this past week as well. You know, certainly um, the lack of E three has not harmed uh yeah all the game announcements there's still so yeah. many coming out left right and center and i think we've got ubisoft coming up in a in the next couple of months like ubisoft's kind of annual uh showing so that'll that's always a crazy show so i'll, I'll be interested to see what 
um, you know, getting a, a longer look at probably the new Assassin's Creed, maybe Gods and not Gods and Monsters. I think it's Gods and Monsters, um, and things like that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think that will do it for another episode of Double Jump Radio. Um, uh, yeah, Christian, if people want to find you, uh, they'll be able to still find you at, at Paranoid Pixie ninety five, right? Yep, that hasn't changed. You can find me on Twitter there, um, and you can also find me in the. Uh, in the Double Jump server under the Paranoid Pixie 95 name as well. Yeah, so doublejump.co slash uh, Discord if you guys want to join the official Double Jump community server, meet some like-minded people and um, yeah, you know, maybe find some mates to play. I, I think um, we've had some interest in Path of Exile so that'll be interesting to see um, how how people go with that. Um, and, uh, I've, I've also they've seen got a lot some of more people, free time. I've also seen a lot of uh, our users interested in Valorant, the new... Yeah, yeah. The new game? The new um, Tencent, I mean, Riot Games made um, shooter. So that that's, uh, I think Max uh, should be, I think Max might be um, streaming that next Monday. So keep an eye out on our Discord for that uh, updated schedule. And yeah, um, if you want to find me online, you should be able to find me pretty much everywhere at Mr. Abia Chaudhary. Um, yeah, uh, I think I think that'll do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to check us, uh, check out all of our awesome content at doublejump.co. Um, we've got plenty of streams coming up this week as well as some fresh new articles. Um, if you liked what you heard, make sure that you subscribe to uh, the Double Jump Radio wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, and things like that. Um, and we, we love your feedback, you know, uh, that podcast at doublejump.co email, you know, if you want to send, send through some kudos and, and feedback, good or bad, we, we want to get better. We want to make the show even better for you all. So um, please do send through your feedback. And until next time, look out for one another. See you guys. <laughs>